Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. This is the calm before the storm. What storm? Going live. There's no storm. No, I know, but I want people to be, just be like, I want to give people like the behind the scenes right before we go live on the gram, TikTok, and etc. Yes. Like, this is the calm. Yeah. Silent. People get on the live, start asking rapid fire questions. Sirak hurries me through the answer. Oh, <laughs> it's quite the storm. Well, anytime we take really long to answer a question, like we go really deep. Yeah. People will be like, oh, can you answer the, the different questions faster? And then we're always like, we're just trying to answer the full question. Honestly, I could do a whole podcast episode about everyone's questions. Yeah, one at a time. Exactly. <laughs> one podcast at a time. It's complex. I feel like sisters deserve a degree, an award, a diploma, if you will. When, you know, you're slowly learning how to manage PCOS, it just takes so long. Mm-hmm. And then finally, at the end, when you reverse it, we should have a graduation party. That's true. That is true. Okay, shall we do this? Should I'm setting up the phone, telling your phone is good, my phone is good. Just so everybody knows, you know, when we go live, it's not just Instagram. We're going live on TikTok as well. In the past, we used to go live on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Wow. But we almost had like a brain aneurysm as a result, so we had to be like, okay, let's, let's, let's pick two. We need to tone this down. Okay. We really did. We had like a whole thing. Yeah, a whole setup. Forgot all about it. A whole setup. Okay, shall I press the button? Press the button. The button. Button. Okay, here we go. It's happening. And we're live. We are live. Sirak and Talin. Welcome, sisters. This is a special edition of our live where we're basically doing a, a podcast. Yes, we are doing a podcast episode and going live at the same time. We're going to answer all your PCOS questions. Mm-hmm. Whatever you have, let us know. We are here to chat about it. Yeah, so be a fun live slash podcast where we're just going to go with the flow. There's no script, no document to follow. You're just going to catch us on the fly. Yes. Is that, is that how you say on the fly? On the fly. Okay, cool. All right, well, let's see who's here. We have Pamela here, Mevish, Goradia, Esrujitha. What's up? What's up, Rush? Vinci, how's it going? All right, let's go ahead and start with our first question, and that is... Can anyone conceive with PCOS? The answer is yes. Absolutely. Sometimes when you're diagnosed, the first thing that you're told is that you're going to have trouble conceiving or you can't conceive or things like that. And it's really unfortunate because there's a lot of research that points towards the relationship between insulin resistance and ovulation and how if you improve insulin resistance, you can ovulate and that can help you get pregnant, of course. The whole thing with PCOS is that we're having trouble with ovulation. And because of that, it comes with a lot of symptoms, one of them being infertility. But if you get that ovulation under control, if you, you know, manage your PCOS, you can certainly get pregnant. Yeah, absolutely. All right. See everybody, everybody else joining in. Hello to Danny. Hello to Simran from India. Very happy to see everybody here all around the world. A question from Karithika. I am sorry if I am killing people's names here. Karithika. What are 
the best slow weighted workouts to do? Great question. So anytime you're starting to do slow weighted workouts, which are basically low intensity um, strength training workouts, you want to, I would say, start focusing on the lower body first, because that's going to give you the most effective results for the time you're putting in. The reason why is your lower body is essentially where majority of your muscles are. And that's going to help to pick up the sugar in your bloodstream to improve insulin sensitivity and help improve your metabolism and reduce fatigue and so much more. So really focusing on the lower body by doing workouts like squats, lunges, definitely starting with body weight first. So if you've never done squats before, just try practicing them without using any weight and having a chair behind you. So essentially, you go into your squat position until your glutes, aka your buttocks, <laughs> touch the seat. And then once it touches the seat, stand back up. Do that for a week. Once you feel like you're comfortable enough to do a squat on your own, get rid of the chair, go deeper into your squat with no weights and come back up and do that until you can add weights. And same thing with lunges as well. We have another question from Uvaleria. She says, I have PCOS and hypothyroidism. Is the diet the same for both? So absolutely. When you have PCOS, you want to understand the root issues of your PCOS. It could be a suppressed thyroid. And clearly, you, you know that you have hypothyroidism, which can totally be related to insulin resistance. It can be exacerbated by it um, because when you have uncontrolled blood sugar levels, your thyroid can be weakened. And also if you have inflammation, not to mention studies show that gluten can be very inflammatory and suppress the thyroid. So basically when you eat gluten, it has a protein in it called gliadin. And your body thinks that this gliadin molecule looks the same as the thyroid molecule because of something called molecular mimicry. So when you eat gluten, your body attacks that gliadin molecule because it sees it as an invader. It sees it as something inflammatory. Mm -hmm. But because gliadin looks like the thyroid molecule through molecular mimicry, your body also attacks the thyroid. So every time you eat gluten, it will suppress your thyroid further and further. So you really want to be careful with this. You really want to know if you're sensitive to gluten and you want you probably want to try to go gluten and gluten-free at least mm -hmm. if you're if you know you have a thyroid issue yeah for sure i mean thyroid especially as well as endometriosis there are a lot of research studies um, showing the connection for gluten and those uh those conditions all right question here um should i take any pre-workouts before working out so i feel like i should handle maybe the workout questions and then you just handle the diet questions sure. we'll just go back and forth between diet and lifestyle and like working out that's like that'd be a good Let's combination Yes. So when it comes to pre-workouts, for majority of pre-workouts out there, we don't recommend it. The reason why is they, they contain a lot of inflammatory ingredients, one of which is um, caffeine. A lot of them have like these extra amounts of caffeine, two, three hundred milligrams of caffeine. And we've talked um, a lot about how caffeine can affect PCOS symptoms negatively before. So for that reason, we wouldn't recommend them. They also contain a lot of other ingredients, fillers, things that basically make the pre-workout in the special form it is, which is not good for
for you long term. So we just don't recommend just pre-workouts in general. If you are planning on or if, if you are wondering what should I have before, before my workout, honestly, a meal one hour before that consists of protein and carbs, that's going to help you basically be in that state of fat burning and help you have energy throughout your workout. So it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It could just literally be a banana and a protein shake one hour before your workout and you'll be ready to go or even like a small meal where you're having like some chicken and some rice. Boom. That's a perfect way to set yourself up for a great workout. For a gluten and dairy free diet, Tiana is asking, can you have cheat days or does it defeat the purpose? So here's the thing, going gluten and dairy free is a lifestyle change Mm -hmm. and you don't have to be perfect at it. It took me like a whole year to really get it down and be more consistent with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, just making the attempt to go gluten and dairy free, whether it's 80 percent, 70 percent, whatever works for you, it could be 100 percent, whatever works for you, Mm -hmm. um, will help you understand if you're sensitive to gluten and dairy. And then that helps you understand you know, how you want to proceed. If you're really sensitive to it and you see your symptoms get worse and worse every time you eat it, then you will probably want to be like, eh, this isn't working out for me. And you'll kind of like not eat it as much, just kind of subconsciously because you're not feeling good. And if you take that pressure of like being perfect at it, I'm on a diet and there are no cheat days. And if you take that pressure off, then you're more likely to listen to your body and do what's right for you instead of forcing yourself and feeling restricted and doing something that's stressful. So it's really your mindset that's really important. And I don't suggest um, being super strict. I don't suggest feeling like you can't have a one thing that you, a bite of something or, you know, if you want to eat pizza, go for it, see how you feel. And, you know, you might think differently next time you might not. So it's really up to you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And let us know in the comments how you feel about, you know, consistency over perfection. Do you feel pressure to be perfect all the time, like depending on the lifestyle or diet you've chosen? What's your mindset and what's helped you with getting over that like perfection mindset? Right, we got a question here from Sirishti. That's how our username is. Sirishti. Uh, which protein powder should I take if I'm having PCOS? Great question. So when it comes to choosing different protein powders, Obviously, if you're dairy-free, you want to go for a plant-based protein powder. In fact, both me and Talian just just basically have switched. I mean, I was taking whey protein before, but now I've switched over to plant protein. Talian has been taking plant protein for a very long time too. So we have like two really our, our two favorite options. One of them is a, a more simpler one. It's just hemp protein, hemp protein. And this is available on Amazon if you just search hemp protein. And the great thing about hemp protein is that it's, a, it's one ingredient only. Literally, when you look at the box, it says hemp. That's it. It's a superfood because it contains a lot of nutrients and vitamins along with just the protein. And it has a lot of fiber as well. One thing I will warn you, if you have hemp protein, most likely an hour later, you're going to be going to the toilet and it's going to feel pretty good. But, you know, just just warning you. And then our other favorite is Garden of Life plant-based protein with no stevia. Uh, You'll know what I mean if you look on Amazon. It literally says like no stevia on the bottle. And the great thing about this one is that it literally has no added sugars and no artificial sweeteners, no natural sweeteners that's going to trick your body into thinking you had sugar. And it has all clean ingredients. So that would be our, our two favorites. I see a question from Lizzie Rousset. She says, what about spearmint tea? Okay, look, spearmint tea is our friend. 
And sometimes the grocery store doesn't sell spearmint tea. It sells like peppermint, but that's not the same as spearmint tea. Studies show that spearmint tea, drinking it three times a day over a period of three months, helps reduce androgen levels and reduce testosterone. And that's why I Sirak grows spearmint. Mm -hmm. And I love to include it in my tea. Even if I'm drinking a different tea, I throw in spearmint into it just as much as I can, as much as possible, consuming it. Not as much as possible. I feel like that can get out of hand. But <laughs> just like put it in the tea whenever I drink it. Um, also, Sirak bought me a little tea diffuser. Yeah, it's like you put the tea. I don't know what it's really called. Like a, I mean, you put the tea in it and then you put the hot water, water in it and, and once it, it's ready yeah you press the button and it like it goes it pours, into your cup yeah you put it over your cup and it pours into your cup um so it's pretty cool should, I, look, should I find it on, on amazon so sure. i could we could sh shout it out go for it okay um while i do that sant komal says hey i'm following you since since uh year one and i've listened to all your podcasts and have reversed my pcos so thanks to you both lots of love and oh. blessing to you from india oh that's so so sweet thank you sant komal and congratulations, congratulations. on reversing your PCOS. great job on you taking all girl. the steps did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and d chiroinositol This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body. But with women like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing. So just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. If anyone listening here has gone gluten and dairy free or has done anything that we've suggested to improve your PCOS symptoms and it's worked, let us know. We like to hear what you're up to, what you're doing, yeah. and how you're feeling. You know, speaking of Amazon orders, I just recently ordered pepper spray from Amazon because uh, I don't know. I don't know if y'all are here, but like L.A. is getting a bit crazier and crazier as the uh, months go on. So I was just kind of like, you know, maybe we should have pepper spray on the side of the car just in case, you know, something happens while we're getting gas. Like you never know these days. You so think I'm going to be able to take it out of the with these nails, take it out of the side door Click the thing and spray it in time if someone's attacking me. I mean, I guess I could. I guess if it's like not like a quick. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's like that's true. That's why I think it's good that like, you should like practice it. Like you should, we should do it in the backyard. Like I'll be like the thief. I'll be the burglar, and then you'll just like have to spray it in my. I'll wear like a mask and oh, we have to just test it out. God. No, you, you have to be like in vigilant. Yeah, well, you have to be, like, practicing in the field you or else you're going to freeze when it comes. I have to be in air flight mode to do something like that. And there's nothing you can do to put me in fight or flight mode if there's actually no problem. <laughs> like, I will stay in my calm and peaceful state until something really bad happens. All right. Okay. Um, for those uh, wondering about the tea maker, if you go on Amazon, it's called Grosh, G R. O-S-C-H-E, Grosh Perfect Tea Maker. 
and it's BPA free. So that's the great thing about it too. And it's a tea infuser. So once the tea like infuses with the hot water, you press a button and then just the, the tea comes out from the bottom into your cup. All right, next question is from Bex Emerson. Is cardio good for PCOS? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the great thing about cardio is that it helps with your metabolism. It helps with insulin resistance. It helps with lowering cortisol. Just it's a great thing overall, but it's, you have to be mindful of how you're doing your cardio. A lot of people will just run for hours at the fastest pace possible. And, you know, as even though you're trying your best, you're putting all your effort into it, it can actually be counterproductive. The reason is when you run, um, when you run for like 45 minutes and longer, your body will release sugar into your bloodstream to use for energy. However, when you have insulin resistance, which 80% of sisters do, that sugar doesn't get used for energy. Instead, it gets stored as fat because of the insulin resistance. So what you wanna do is keep your cardio sessions around 30 minutes and you wanna go um, at a steady pace. So in, instead of like sprinting, 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 stopping for a minute and sprinting again, try to go at a steady cruising pace where you're not, you know, or where your heart rate is steady and you don't feel like you're overexerting yourself. Do that for about 30 minutes and walking still counts as cardio. Like don't think that walking is a lazy form of running. It's not. Actually, we feel if you incorporate more walking versus running, you'll get more benefits long term. So yeah, yay. I saw some questions about green tea and matcha. Drinking green tea is just as effective as drinking spearmint tea in reducing your testosterone. Studies show that it's, you know, it's good for women with PCOS. With my personal experience, because green tea has caffeine in it, it was messing with my cortisol. And, you know, even though it wasn't a cup of coffee, it was still caffeine. And it was a lot of caffeine because I remember drinking a lot because I read that study like 10, 12 years ago about how it helps reduce testosterone. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize spearmint tea does the same thing. So I was just drinking matcha, drinking green tea. It was giving me like heart palpitations, definitely doing more harm than good. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just want you to know that when you're deciding on what to drink, maybe a cup of matcha in the morning and then spearmint tea for the rest of the day might be the best bet for you. I'm not sure. Yes. Okay, how to discover your carb tolerance. So when you're discovering your carb tolerance, you want to start tracking your carbs, if that's something you're comfortable with. Track your carbs and eat between 120 and 150 grams of carbs in a day. And so when you do that, you're going to see how you feel after your meals. Do you feel fatigued? Do you need a nap? And those are all signs that maybe you had a bit too high carb meals. So then you would slowly lower your carb intake and eat between 90 and 120 grams in a day. And you're tracking it in the meantime. You're seeing how you're doing. You're making sure that you're like following these directions so you can really do a true test. After your meal, you should feel satisfied, full, good to go. You don't want snacks afterwards, right afterwards. You don't want, and maybe a few hours afterwards, but not right afterwards. You don't want sugar. You, you don't need chocolate. Like you're not, you're good. Your blood sugar stable, you're good, right? So this is a sign um, that you found your carb tolerance. And most women with PCOS have told us that they like to eat between 90 and 120 grams of carbs, and that's their carb tolerance. And I think that's really interesting because a lot of women think that they have to eat keto, less than 50 grams of carbs, never touch a carb again. And that is actually not the case whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to move on to a workout question. 
from Ashlita on TikTok. I did your workout on YouTube. I'm so sore, lol. Should I wait another day before doing it again? Well, I'm so glad you did the workout on YouTube. For anyone who hasn't tried it, if you hop on over to YouTube and just search PCOS Weight Loss, you'll find our channel and you'll find that we have a lot of examples of, of workouts. And I would highly encourage you to try them out. And if you like them, then you'll, you can join the sisterhood. We have like an entire library of workouts, including four-week plans at every four weeks. Now, in terms of waiting another day, yes, we would we always recommend to wait at least one day in between your workouts. A really good schedule is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because that gives you a day of rest in between your workouts, helps your body recover, brings down the inflammation, brings down the soreness, and then when you go back to your next workout, your body will be in a better condition and be a lot more effective. What happens when you work out consecutive days is one that can increase um, your cortisol levels in your body, that can increase inflammation in your body, it can make you feel, feel really sore and your muscles not be at, it, at its optimum level of condition, and that's going to affect your workouts the next day. So you want to wait one day in between. It doesn't mean that in, in on your um, off days that you shouldn't do anything. You can still go on a walk. You can do the 12-3-30 method. You can just keep your body active in terms of like, you know, light cardio. That's right. Can you talk about how to get rid of ovarian cysts from PCOS? Yes. So here's the thing. We should be ovulating monthly, but with PCOS, that is a struggle because of insulin resistance. Insulin resistance affects our ovaries by making our ovaries produce more testosterone. And when we produce more testosterone, this throws off our ovulation, this throws off our periods, this throws off um, our fertility and everything like that. And so it's really important to make sure that you are managing your insulin resistance and reducing inflammation so that your cells are nice and sensitive to insulin um, because that's really going to create this environment for your ovaries to ovulate and to have a healthy cycle and to have a balance with the hormonal like rhythms that happen throughout your cycle. And this is just like a very non-specific way to talk about it, but I feel like we would have like a full-on science lesson if we really went into this. Um, so the idea is managing insulin resistance and reducing inflammation. That's why we always talk about trying to go gluten and dairy-free because that will help reduce inflammation if you're sensitive to it. It will also help reduce androgen levels. Studies show that dairy increases androgens. It can also help reduce insulin resistance because dairy contains IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor, which makes our body produce more insulin. So there's just so many connections to our um, inflammation and insulin resistance and just trying it could help in some capacity and also layering on other components to managing blood sugar and inflammation can help. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. First question from Javeria is, can people with PCOS have whey protein powder? And the other question from Arathi is, what do you think of creatine for workouts for people with PCOS? So if, uh, the, for the first question, the whey protein, again, that's going to be up to you. If you're dairy-free, then we don't recommend it because uh, whey protein has dairy in it. That would be counterproductive for many people with PCOS. Uh, when it comes to 
creatine. So creatine is, to is totally fine. It actually is a great way to hydrate your muscles, help with um, giving you more strength, giving you more stamina during your workouts. However, you want to be aware that it can give you a bulkier look. It can actually give you water weight. So what generally happens is when you take creatine, it basically gives water mass to your muscles, making them look a little bit bigger. And it will also give you some water weight in the face. So just be aware of those side effects. You can take a much lower dosage where that doesn't happen. For example, I take creatine every day I work out, but I don't take like the um, higher dosages. I take a small dosage because I'm doing it like every time I work out. So that would be my tips for that. All right. How about this one right here? Question from V1 Pasa. I'm from India and dairy and gluten is a big part of my diet. How do I deal with that? That's a great question. So one thing uh, that I do do is butter. Uh, you do do? I do do. You do do. Is butter. I feel like some dishes, like you just cannot replace butter. You know, like steak. Like, I don't know. I don't like to make it with olive oil. I make it with butter. So anyways, so I'm just saying that butter is something that's in a lot of dishes cultural dishes especially and so if you choose organic grass-fed that might be one great alternative uh, but also i know there's a lot of cheese and i know that there can be a lot of gluten in indian food <clears throat> also armenian food but there are creative ways to replace them and to navigate this i see it on pinterest and i've heard it from sisters who are indian about how yeah. they have replaced certain meals i mean you can still have rice as well which yeah. is gluten-free yeah. and all the vegetables are of course gluten and dairy free and you know if you eat meat gluten and dairy free so there are ways around it yeah i mean it's we're not, we're not here and saying, oh, it's easy, just do it. We're not here to say that, of course, there's going to be some modifications that need to be made. But also we would, because I know that some products that are in the U.S. aren't available in India and other countries. But to be honest, you want to think of it more simply that look for foods that are naturally gluten and dairy-free. For example, like Tanya was talking about, like rice, potatoes, you know, any kind of protein like meats, they're all naturally gluten and dairy-free. So you don't have to go for like, you don't have to go and find gluten-free flour or gluten-free cereal, gluten-free crackers, gluten-free this and that. In fact, we generally don't recommend going for the processed stuff anyways. You want to keep it natural. You want to keep it almost like, you know, like paleo diet is. Paleo, they don't eat anything processed. It's kind of similar with gluten-free. You don't want to like depend on the processed stuff. Exactly. Tiki Arn says, hi guys, I just want to know, should I go to the doctor every time I feel I have a cyst or, or do I just wait till it goes away? No, definitely go to your doctor. You want to get your cyst checked every six months with the ultrasound and make sure that what you're doing is helping to progress your ovarian cysts. Yeah, I feel like that's not often told to us because we're not even told that you can improve your ovarian cysts and they can disappear. So no one really says that. But I personally advocated for myself. I went to the doctor. I said, I want ultrasounds at least yearly. She said, okay, and that's what we do and everything's good mm -hmm. because I just want to make sure that we're all under control and everything's good. Yeah. All right. Humi, uh, uh, oh, she says, you guys are awesome. You both are doing an awesome job of posting info on your page. I'm currently enjoying your workouts on YouTube. Love you guys. Oh, thank you, Humi. Oh. We love you too. That's great. All right, uh, Dodi says, please talk about Lean PCOS. Oh, absolutely. So we actually have, uh, we talk about Lean PCOS on our YouTube, Instagram. If you check our feed, you'll find more information. But with Lean PCOS, of course, not every woman with PCOS suffers from, you know, unexplainable weight gain. 
but of course, a lot of women with PCOS do. But for those that have the, it's, it's a weird terminology calling it lean PCOS, but essentially lean PCOS, you can still have issues of insulin resistance, cortisol dysregulation, and thyroid issues. A lot of times when you have a hyperactive thyroid, I believe that is called hypothyroid? Hyperactive or Hi hyperactive? The hyperactive thyroid causes you oh, to causes you to be uh, losing weight and basically yes. also have cortisol dysregulation. So you want to get your labs checked. Most likely, if you have lean PCOS, you may be suffering from a thyroid issue from cortisol insulin resistance. Yeah, cortisol dysregulation, insulin resistance. We see that a lot of times women with lean PCOS have very high cortisol levels, making them feel really stressed throughout the day not able to sleep, and then that can actually cause other symptoms of or worsening insulin resistance, causing acne, breaking out, and basically, you know, feeling stressed all the time. So, yeah. It doesn't always look like weight gain. And often PCOS isn't diagnosed at the right moment because the doctor says, oh, you didn't gain weight, why you wouldn't have PCOS? And then it goes undiagnosed for a second, yeah. not even a second, for years. So... <laughs> Was undiagnosed for a long time if you don't realize that you have pcos even if you're lean yes all right uh and look at this lift with amberly says wait what ovarian cysts can disappear yes yes it's such a shame that you weren't told this like your doctor should have told you that your cysts can go away naturally yeah i mean there are a lot of naturopathic doctors who have helped women reverse PCOS, you know, reverse their ovarian cysts, get pregnant, ovulate, and just completely put it into remission. And this is something that everyone can do. It just takes a bit of investigation. You can't give up. And if one thing doesn't work, you want to try another and just keep layering on um, the different components that might be helpful for your insulin resistance, your cortisol, and all of your PCOS symptoms. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. All right, uh, sisters. Hold, hold your horses. More. Hold your horses, ma'am. All right. Should I take black coffee before workout if I'm having PCOS? And if not, please suggest a substitute for having stamina in the gym. Gym. Sorry. I mean, let's okay. let's talk about coffee for a second. So yes. I know that this is kind of a, a topic that you know sometimes it sucks to be the messenger because I know. People are going to be like, coffee, don't take that away from me. But we, of course, understand coffee is one of those things that gives us energy. It's addictive. It makes us feel happy. You know, we've all been there. But when it comes to coffee, overconsumption can lead you to have very high levels of cortisol throughout the day. If you're drinking a cup of coffee and 30 minutes later, you feel tired again and you have another one, another one, and somehow you can still take a nap, that means that the coffee is not doing anything and it's actually just making the symptoms worse. It gives you a little spike of energy and that spike of energy immediately disappears because your body's too used to it and also there's an underlying issue happening. That underlying issue is usually dysregulated cortisol levels. That means your cortisol levels aren't high in the morning and they're not low in the evening like they're supposed to be. So it's a tough one with coffee because... For a lot of people, if you have one cup of coffee early morning, it should be okay. If you're going to have coffee at any moment in the day, it should be in the morning with your breakfast because that's going to have the least amount of effect for you later in the day. When you have coffee at like 3 p.m. or later, it takes about 10 to 12 hours for coffee to be out of your bloodstream, out of your system. So even if you drink coffee at, let's say, 5 p.m. and you don't feel anything at 10 p.m., it's still in your body and that caffeine isn't letting your body go into that deep sleep. So because of that, 
you want to be aware of like when and how much coffee you're drinking and try to limit it to in the morning if you can to one cup. And if that's still making the symptoms continue, then maybe reduce it slowly. All right. Did you have coffee today? <laughs> well, I'll tell the story of my coffee, my coffee uh, journey. So I was drinking coffee for like a lot back in the day, you know, when I was an engineer and stuff like that. And then once we stopped, started working together, I was just still drinking coffee. I did a, uh, a blood test and I found out that I had really messed up cortisol levels. This was like three years ago, maybe two years ago. And then so I had to, you know, bite the bullet and I cut out coffee completely. It was very difficult for a couple of weeks. And then I also took some supplements that helped with the cortisol dysregulation. And after maybe a year of no coffee, no nothing, I, I basically like reset my system. I got another lab test done and my cortisol levels were perfect. In fact, I just got it done like three weeks ago again. Perfect. But what I did was I slowly reintroduced coffee back into my lifestyle, but I did I still continue to only have one cup a day now. Before I used to have like three, four, and that was like making me crazy. Uh, just ask Tallinn. But anyway, now I have one cup of coffee in the morning and I feel great with it. Meaning I have one cup and I don't crave multiple cups later in the day. So this is completely possible for you sisters. What you should do first is cut it out completely. Let it reset your system because your tolerance plays a huge effect on how beneficial coffee is going to be for you. So reset your system, introduce it back slowly, and maybe at the max have one cup in the mornings. That should be okay, but again, it depends on each individual person. Yeah, you really want to learn how to naturally get your body to be energetic. Um, it has to do with healing metabolic hormones, and it has to do with PCOS weight loss. I mean, it's all interrelated because if your cells are metabolizing properly and you're using up the energy that you're getting from food, for example, like you're, you eat, it burns for energy, right? It's for your body to you know, for you to feel alive and awake and to be able to get through the day without coffee, right? Just to naturally feel energetic mm -hmm. and also to burn fat and do all of the functions that our body should be doing. But if those metabolic hormones aren't working, if our metabolism is slow, um, then we're not going to have energy. We're going to rely on coffee as a crutch. We're not going to be able to lose weight. And all of these PCOS symptoms will just get out of control. Yep, exactly. Ooh, all right. I think we answered a lot of questions we today. We did, didn't we? For anyone uh, who wants to listen to the podcast to hear these this Q&A live uh, on a recording or just listen to all of our previous episodes, if you go to any podcast platform, just search PCOS or just search a sister and her mister. Sister is spelled C-Y-S-T-E-R. It's not actually sister and her mister or that'd be really weird, but it's just a play on words, a sister and her mister. You'll find us. And you'll be able to listen to 180 episodes that we have currently in the vault. You can just binge listen and enjoy all those episodes. Yes. Thank you so much, sisters, for listening and sending us your questions. We hope that we were, we were very helpful. Yes. And we'll talk to you soon. Yes. Love you all. Have a great week. And we will talk to you next time. Hey sisters, just wanted to let you know that all of our podcast episodes have corresponding blog posts that dive deeper into each topic. So head over to PCOSweightloss.org slash blog. Is it slash or is it backslash blog? I don't know. I've always heard one or the other. It's forward slash. Or slash? Just in case, you can also go to PCOSweightloss.org.